Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Offense is such a powerful item of feedback when you start to feel the beginning of it. If you can stay with it and get underneath it, because it's it's like anger of any kind. It's it's a secondary emotion that covers something else. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is the final installment of a three-part series on maturity. In this episode, we take a deep look at how offense is most often a defense or a secondary emotion of some sort. In other words, offense is always about something else than the offense. What does this mean and how does it relate to immaturity? Well, in the podcast, we discuss how being offended is connected to your own personal embarrassment or shame. It's a protection mechanism that many people use and one that comes up in just about every type of situation in life, not just in business. People told me this was yet another truth bomb from this session, so I hope you'll listen to the end and get everything you can out of it. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast. Members get a ton of different ways to become better professionals, including attendance to the live courses I teach. Beginning January 11, 2018, I'll begin teaching an 11-week course called How to Manage and Be Managed, The Missing Manual. You know, management is like parenting. Many people do it, and they mostly have no idea what they're doing, but somehow they make it work. The result, stress, wheel spinning, overwhelm, and millions of dollars in lost opportunity. This course is going to be the missing manual, what we all should have been taught in high school. So forget everything you learned about management. You don't have to motivate your employees. You don't need to empower them. And you definitely shouldn't be supervising them. I'll explain in the course. It trains you in the basics of the clear and open model for management. Increase engagement and productivity, eliminate supervision and wasted resources. This is a counterintuitive approach I've been developing with leaders in one-on-one sessions for over 15 years, offered now for the first time as an affordable course. While the course is about training management skill, it's also perfect for non-managers because it gives employees what they need to understand what a manager is doing with them and why it's in their best interest to help. For more information about the course, please go to clearandopen.com slash how dash to dash manage. That's clearandopen.com slash how dash to dash manage. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. I remember uh, I had an employee, a kid, and there were some issues with his paperwork and he didn't get paid for like uh, just an ungodly amount of time. And I remember his dad pulling me aside, a really good friend of mine, and wanting to kick my ass and telling me, you don't fuck with people's paychecks. I've heard that. And at the end of the day, it it's, was my responsibility as his supervisor to make sure that that guy got paid. And it's still something that's embarrassing as hell for me, even telling the story now. And it, I was offended that he said that. And so clearly, and he so wanted to punch me, but at the end of the day, I was embarrassed because he was 100% right. I wasn't keeping my word. I didn't do what was right. Why were you offended? Because you were embarrassed? I was embarrassed first. And then to protect myself, 
from going, oh, look what I did. He's right. What did I do? What do I need to change? How did I let the, oh my gosh, I let this kid work for me for maybe two months without getting paid. I, I couldn't go two months. Instead of doing that, I became offended. Like, how dare you talk to me? Mm-hmm. You're on the worship team. You just dropped an F-bomb. You grabbed me <laughs> by the shirt. Oh my, I thought we were friends. You know, I, I and it, it didn't take me, well, it took me a while to not be mad at him. I'm still embarrassed when I see him. Like, I, I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe 15 years ago, I didn't pay your son. Uh, but the offense, the, being offended protected me from actually looking at myself and going, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed right now. Mm. I'm not living up to re- what I tell people. This is the guy I am. When reality, in that instance, no, I'm not. And he uh, pointed it out to me. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Jamie. Really well said about how offense is a defense from feeling shame. Too. Yeah. Because that's yeah. usually what it is. Makes, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. I still am ashamed of that. I we, still feel like now feel shame. It's almost 20 years ago. You should bring it up with him. Tell him. Say, you know what? After 15 years, I still feel shame about this thing. Can you, t- is it over for you? He'll be like, oh my God, yeah, it was over for me 15 years ago. Maybe you would feel so much better about that. Just, I probably just, would. Just so you at least know it's all your stuff. I've done this before. I just, yeah. I'm, my mind is really great at haunting me about stuff. And I'll be like, and every time I'll see someone, I'll wince. And sometimes I'll say, can you just tell me, like, every time I see you, I think of this. And, you know, because you think they're going to be like, yeah, that's still kind of tough for me. But most of the time they'll be like, no, I don't even, I never think about that. And then you get to finally realize, oh, it's just my mind torturing me. Yeah. Then when but it does either, that. But either way, you did yours. You did your part. Yeah. So it's free. Yep. It's hard. It's difficult, but mm-hmm. I can think of two instances in the last year where I've been angry at a prospect for treating me badly or disrespectfully when that was cover for. Oh, I didn't actually ask the question to get a commitment for them to do X. So mm-hmm. one of the first rules in Sandler is you can't, you can't get mad at a prospect for doing something you didn't tell them they weren't allowed to do. Sure. And uh, so I, I left myself exposed to being disappointed by not being clear about what expectations I had. So I can relate to that. What uh, both Jamie and Kurt have experienced recently on a, uh, just related. So yeah, that's it. It was it was my way of covering for my embarrassment or shame that I that I left myself vulnerable, and in some sense, I deserved what I got. Uh, thanks, Peter. Offense is such a powerful item of feedback. When you start to feel the beginning of it, if you can stay with it and get underneath it, because it's it's like anger of any kind. It's it's a secondary emotion. That covers something else. Well, now I feel like a piece of shit. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> no, but hey, really, any time. That's why I'm here. <laughs> no, but really though, thank you. Um, hey, Kurt. Yeah. Is there any point in talking to the lady and just uh, saying you understand how and why she did it, or assuming that you do? Is that is that something that you think that what might close a loop for you? Nice question. I was just thinking about that. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll ever be have a business relationship any longer, but that's not what it's about at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So point taken. Yeah. What do you think it would be like for you and for her to say, Hey, you know, I was going to pay this. And what I learned about myself was that I had some sort of uh, internal divide going on and I was dragging my feet and it took too long. And even though we didn't have an explicit agreement, I should have given you that timeline and it was mushy and unclear and it made that more difficult than it needed to be. And I just wanted you to know that that's what I'm learning about myself. I, and I, I don't have any grudge against you because of this. Yeah. Go figure me unclear. Oh. <laughs> and you know, and you never know, she might say something like completely crazy and aggressive in that moment. Or she might be like, Oh wow. Thanks so much for sharing. Let me tell you what I learned about myself <laughs> or anywhere in between. She might actually come back as a client. She could. Not, yeah, I mean... You don't, you know... You, you, don't need to have that as a motive, but it's certainly going to increase the likelihood. I wouldn't do it for that reason. No. But oh, good. You, That's you best, do, best that you don't, probably. Yeah you, yeah, you do it for you. You do it for you and to, to gain an edge on your shadow to yeah. sort of milk the moment for all it's worth and really look into the consequences of not living in reality, feeling the impact, which is one of the steps in the clear process that applies here. It's through feeling the impact of our actions that change happens. That's one of the ways in which life doesn't care about our comfort level at all. We don't learn from staying comfortable. Typically, I'm about 95% there. I'm trying to operate my life on a daily basis that I don't have to apologize to any, anyone. Because apology is. I don't like making apologies. Because when I apologize, I feel. Mm. Because someone who has to apologize is. I'm embarrassed. Because making mistakes is. But it's not about making mistakes. It's about reacting to things. I, I don't have a problem saying, I'm so sorry that we, we, we didn't do this or this happened, this happened or this happened. What the apologies I don't like is my behavior. Okay, but hold on a second. Saying that you were trying to live a life where you don't have to apologize sounds like an orientation toward perfection. No, I know I'm far from perfect, but I just know that I have been very reactive in the past. And if someone screws with me and it's because I was caretaking and didn't handle things properly. So when I have to handle it, I fly off the handle, scream, yell, pound my fist. What the fuck? All that stuff. And then I have to apologize for it. I feel like I need to apologize for it. Okay. Did anybody hear what just happened about 30 seconds ago? <laughs> Go ahead, Peter. <laughs> I'm not answering the question. I, I got, I, I, I lost the track. I lost yeah. track. Kurt's mind is very clever and, uh, and very quick. And so can obfuscate an issue 
so fast, it's hard to track, hard to keep track of. And that's a testament to the power of Kurt's mind and his wit and intellect. Um, but uh, sometimes it makes you very, very slippery, like, <laughs> like wrestling a greased pig. <laughs> Snake-like. No, I wouldn't say that. Snake oh. makes it, it has a negative. That has like a maliciously, uh, you know, like serpent kind of uh, connotation. Whereas a greased pig is way more innocent. Pigs are sweet creatures, very intelligent. So, so what happened? I point, you said, I don't, I was trying to live a life. I mean, we're talking like religious level conviction here. I'm trying to live a life where I don't have to apologize. That is an existential statement of life is meaningful for me and a worthwhile pursuit when I'm never apologizing. And it rang liberally problematic when you said it. Everybody felt it. And so I asked a question, I, uh, or maybe I just didn't ask a question. I said something like, uh, to try to live a life where you never have to apologize sounds like an orientation toward perfection. And then you said, I'm far from perfect, which does not address what I was pointing you toward in any way whatsoever. And then you went down this whole other road that was a brilliant attempt at distraction from the what I pointed out, which was that some part of you is trying to live perfectly. Do you know what that's a recipe for? Failure? Suffering. But yeah, failure is, is too made up a word. Suffering is what it creates. Something I love. A part of and, me likes to Yeah, and it's all based in integrity, Kurt. I get it. You've come an enormously long way. You don't want to make the kinds of mistakes you have in the past. You've made a lot of apologies for certain kinds of behaviors that probably hardly ever come up anymore. And you want to be free from that forever and yeah. never have to apologize again, damn it. Yeah. Right. What about instead not apologizing for the same things as before? How about that as a goal? Yes, yes. How about that as a goal? Because imagine if you try to live a life where you never apologize, you're not taking risks. To me, a leader makes mistakes every day. Every day. They're just not usually so significant that they have to apologize, but there inevitably will be here and there. Technicians can do things, you know, a presser, a house framer, a computer programmer, when these are realms where everything can be under your control, a surgeon, you know, in technical work, you can do stuff without making mistakes. Managerial work, leadership work, you're making mistakes constantly. Well, you know, like the, the whole airplanes off course 99% of the time thing. It's just, a, it's just a different thing. A mature person, back to the theme of the, call here a mature what if a, a mature person is willing to risk making mistakes and has no problem owning them the immaturity process is letting the fear of making a mistake impact your competence and then resisting owning it in order to not have to feel shame or embarrassment a mature process is playing full out risking making mistakes and then soberly owning the mistake because you've got so much self-worth and self-confidence that 
you're you're not afraid of being falling into a bottomless pit of shame. How about that as a dichotomy? See, we think we, somebody would hear you say something like, well, I, don't, I want to live my life so that I never have to apologize for anything. Most people would hear that and go, wow, that's strength. And I'd say they're all completely wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> the real strength is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and having to apologize to yourself or others every day, whether in small or, or large ways. That takes strength. See, it's, I think it's probably another example of, of my statement, but not being clear enough. There are certain behaviors that I never want to do again. Uh, for instance, I, I haven't yelled at my daughter in over two years. I think I told you, Joseph, I'm not sure. Yeah. We don't yell. That's, we just don't do that. We communicate. We and, and, and I'm, I'm the first one to say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 it seems I'm, I've lost, I'm losing my patience with you. And, and I regroup right there, right then and there. Cool. And so when I lose my patience and I, and I, I raise my voice to somebody else, whether it be a stranger or not, I feel like I'm going back to that old behavior. And I don't want to apologize for that. I'll apologize for, damn, guys. I just, I, this, this whole new diversification that I wanted to do was, is a complete and utter failure or whatever. I'm sorry. It's, it's cost me some money, blah, blah, blah. I won't be able to do this or that. I don't mind apologizing for things like that. But you don't want to apologize for something you've apologized for before? I don't want to apologize for something I've been, I don't want to do what I've been actively working on so hard not to do that I have to apologize for. Because? It means failure on some level or another, I think. I see. So repeating an undesirable behavior that you have in the past means you failed. Yeah, it does in a way, especially as hard as I work to not do that behavior. Okay. Because if you've worked as much as you think you've need to work to change the behavior, in other words, you know, when the behavior should go away, you put in a discrete amount of work and then it should go away. So then if it happens again, that's not, that doesn't fit into your picture of how the change should happen. And then you don't want to have to apologize for it because it means you failed. Uh, yeah. So that sounds, sounds kind of immature. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, as usual, Kurt, you're, you're over, um, your, your ego minds overt, overtly confused thinking illuminates universally illustrated uh, human condition issues. It really does. Because I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't have that issue. And look, look, look at what you're highlighting here. There's a part of you that has so much integrity that when he wants to change something in you, he wants to decide when the work is done. And it just, well, it should be changed now. It's unacceptable for this behavior to show up anymore. Right? That's so much integrity. Unfortunately, that's control that no human being has. And therefore, it's fantasy. And when you're living in fantasy, you cause yourself suffering. So for you, 
people are either too hard on themselves or not hard enough. In this case, you're, I've decided this behavior should never happen again because I've put in the work and it started on Tuesday and it ended on Friday, you know, or whatever. It started this year, or this month. And then on this year, you must have like opened up a bottle of something and said, okay, so this behavior being gone, you thought this part of you thought it was just done. It's such an interesting window into his world. He really thinks he can control reality in some really profound ways. He thinks he can manage himself in some very profound and powerful and organized, controlled ways. I can see why surrender is so important to you. Mm -hmm. Because that's the crazy thing about working on yourself. You You can make a project out of trying to change a behavior and it may change in 24 hours or it might take 24 years or it might never change. And you won't know. You won't know. And it, it can be frustrating for part of us to be like, oh man, I've been working on this for so long and it's still there, it's still there, it's still there. Yep. And you, it, you have to find, you, you want to find the, the right balance of persistence and also compassion. Because if it's still there, it's there for a reason. And it's not like Kurt has taken uh, the position of, oh, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, which you've cautioned us many times not to accept from our, our reports. Yeah. And, but he's he's been working on it diligently for months or years. And I can understand, I think what Kurt is maybe feeling is that with all the time that you've spent in a, in a very honest and, and uh, way f- from integrity to change it. And then when, when you backslide, if I can call it that, uh, there's a real sadness or disappointment that, that is hard to accept. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can this uh, relate to goals? Please. Kurt and I are, are going to the excellence course together and our last week was about goal setting and part of the things I think we both came down to is that these long-term goals are easier to get off track. So having short-term goals um, help us succeed easier. Mm-hmm. So all that I'm never going to apologize because I'm never going to do this behavior again is way long-term goal. Yes. Like 99. So a shorter goal of, you know, I'd like to go a week without without blowing my lid and having to apologize to somebody. That's a better goal. Well said, Scott. Very insightful. Absolutely. That's where one day at a time comes from. I love one day at a time. Me too. Because that's what you've got. I mean, in one way, you don't even have the day. You have right now, this moment. But a day is the easy thing to get your head around, and you can think of that as the present, you know, when it comes to something like that. But yeah. Why focus all your energy on, you know, the next month? Oh, man. Whatever, whatever the habit is, exercising, meditating, whatever. No, I'm going to meditate today. I'm not even going to think about tomorrow. I'm not going to lose my temper today. I'm not going to lose my temper this hour. Baby steps. Because you only ever have the now anyway. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do.
Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.